just took me and we started flying through space together. It was, it was amazing. And I could feel inertia and the inertia of what I was feeling, what I was flying through was actually like, was love as a substance, you know, just like if you're flying on earth, you can imagine flying on earth and you can feel the wind across your face. My guest today is Jacob King, who had a near-death experience that has profoundly changed his life. Jacob, welcome, and thanks so much for coming on the show to tell your story. Yeah, thanks, Rod. So could you give us a little bit of background about what your life was like prior to your NDE, and then, yeah, go into our NDE experience for us? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so I grew up in a, a rough house. There was a lot of violence and neglect and things like that going on at home, and pretty stereotypical of people who've grown up in places like that. They look for all sorts of coping mechanisms growing up. And I was very much an escapist and I started getting into a bit of substance abuse problems in my adulthood. I was always very interested in spiritual stuff as well and psychology. And I was always trying to get better, but just didn't really have the resources. And I don't know, I guess it just wasn't part of my story to get better straight away. I went through a, quite a journey in my early adulthood of trying to find myself and also trying to escape myself at the same time. They got really bad during lockdown, actually. The lockdowns really, I didn't handle them very well. So like a lot of people, I got much deeper into my nasty problems and my escapism during that time. And yeah, until one day, I really messed my body up too much. It wasn't able to hold on to me anymore. So I left my body and I had my NDE and it changed things quite a bit for me. So when you say messed your body up, there was an overdose because I had another guest on who's had a, a substance abuse problem and they overdosed and that's what led to the NDE. That was the same for you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same, same for me. I'm pretty sure mine had something to do with not having enough oxygen because my lungs were really messed up. Mm. I think it might've been that, but who knows? It's a bit of a mystery to be honest. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but if I had to guess, I'd say it was a lack of oxygen for me. But yeah. So. It was interesting. It took me a while to figure out what was going on, but basically what happened was one night, I think my breathing had gotten so shallow and I was struggling so much to breathe. I think I left my body because of that. And what happened was I just found myself in a dark void, a dark area. It was just completely black. There was nothing in there. There was not even any, it was just me. It was just me. I don't know how else to describe it. It was just void of anything. When I was there, I felt very peaceful. I liked it there. And I was just sitting there in complete stillness and peace. And then this other energy started to come into this area with me. As this energy started to enter, it was a very beautiful, very warm, very soothing kind of energy. And I really, I love it. I just thought this is the energy I've been looking for all my life. Everything I've been trying to do in my life. You know, I was looking for a certain feeling every time I got into a relationship, I wanted somebody to love me the way this energy was loving me. It was, this is the thing I've been looking for all my life. And so I just welcomed this energy in and this energy was extremely powerful as well. And I just remember thinking like, where has this energy been all my life? I knew that I had spent time with it before because it felt very familiar. And because this energy felt very familiar, that's why I was like, okay. I know it from somewhere, but I can't remember where I started scanning throughout my whole life. I'm trying to figure out where I ever felt this energy before. And I was able to scan back before my life. And when I scanned back before my life, that's when I remembered it. And I thought, oh, I remember you now. 
I remember that being God and I was shocked. I was like, finally, I'm back with you. More and more of the energy was coming through. And I think as well, like in my mind, open up my consciousness to really grasp the magnitude of what was happening and just how powerful this energy was. And I remember knowing without a doubt, like this energy is what gives life to everything. Basically, this is the fabric of all existence. This is it. This is the energy that everything runs on. And this energy was holding me with just a mother holding her child. It was really like that. But it was so powerful as well that I remember thinking like, oh, should I be scared of this energy? Is it so powerful? And I haven't been living the cleanest life. I messed up a lot and I've got a lot of guilt and done a lot of things I'm not proud of. And I was, if God was very judgmental and all that, yeah, I think things would have been pretty nasty for me, to be honest, but I didn't get that feeling at all. In fact, I didn't even feel like God was trying to change or God was not even trying to influence how I received him. God was just like, it's up to you. If you want to be scared, that's okay. If you want to be loving, that's okay. Whatever you choose. And yeah, I chose to just be loving with it. It's so just accept it because I don't know. It's just something about that energy is just perfect. That's the only way I can describe it. It's just perfect. And I was like, all right, let's just roll with it. I'm already here. And then when I accepted it and I chose the path of love in that instant, uh, I was taken out of the void and I was now in a new dimension. And in this new dimension, it looked quite a bit like space. There was a lot of stars everywhere, but there were like millions and billions of them everywhere, but they were all emanating different colors. So colors I'd never seen before, and they're all changing within the stars and they're just everywhere. And I was just. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I remember as I'm looking at the, all these stars that these stars seem to be aware that I'm looking at them and that these stars are very conscious as they're looking back at me, there's like this recognition and I'm like, oh, like these aren't stars, not, at least not how I know stars. These stars are conscious. I'm pretty sure these are souls. And I, I was right over there when you think the Everything is answered almost instantly. Just this awareness comes up within you to explain all the questions. And God was there as just this invisible ball of energy as well. And just letting me take it all in. And as I was doing that, God started to gather all of these souls together and create these works of art with them. And these works of art looked a lot like Buddhist mandalas. And they were inc incredibly intricate, but they were also multidimensional. And there seemed to be some sort of, it was almost like a blueprint to life. Like I was looking at a map of life somehow. It, it all made sense there. It's, I can't really make sense of it now, but back then it made sense. Yeah. And he was making it out of the souls and I'd be looking at it. And the, the beauty of these mandalas were, was so extreme that like, I felt like I would, I was going to die from the astonishment of what I was feeling. It was too much for my brain to, to handle like shapes and, and colors and things that were impossible. And then God would like, he'd create one and then he'd wipe it out and then he'd create another one and he'd wipe it out. And it was like this thing he was constantly doing. And I kept having these extreme reactions to each one that he would make. And, and God was chuckling at my reaction to it all. He thought, it's okay. You got nothing to fear over here. But for me, I was just 
there's no way I can be alive and see this. I didn't know what happened to me. I didn't know that uh, I was a human on earth and I'd left my body and that I can't die in this cloud. There was none of that. I was just, it's a lot like when you go to sleep at night and you enter into a dream. You didn't enter that dream knowing that you fell asleep. You're just there and you just roll, you just run with it. It was a lot like yeah. that. Uh, and yeah, and then, and then after this, God just took me and we started flying through space together. It was, it was amazing. And I could feel inertia and the inertia of what I was feeling, what I was flying through was actually like, was love as a substance. Just like if you're flying on earth, you can imagine flying on earth and you can feel the wind across your face. I was feeling love across my face as I was flying through. And the love there is just, it's, it was just perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. Exactly what you need. Like no one on earth actually knows just how much they're looking for that exactly that and sometimes you get a little hint of it here and there especially maybe if you're if you're a parent or something or if you're a newborn baby and you feel the love of your mother you get a tiny fraction of it but over there you get the whole course and yeah it was amazing and, and the, the beauty of it the physical beauty of the place is also just awe-inspiring and i was experiencing all of that together and it was too much like it was a complete sensational overload for me and so as I'm flying through and I'm being overloaded with all the stimuli, I started to feel very destabilized. Like I felt like a plane when it's got turbulence and it starts shaking, you know, shaking from how much I was experiencing. I was like, oh, okay. I'm starting to feel a bit uneasy about how much goodness I'm taking on right now. I'm absorbing more than I can handle. We started to slow down. And as we slowed down, uh, we stopped in front of a large tower. This tower kind of looked like a big skyscraper. It was rectangular in shape, but it was made out of all the same kind of lights as the stars or as the souls were made out of. And lights on the tower were dynamic and evolving and changing, and but this shape stayed constant. And I was looking up at this tower and I couldn't see the top of it. It was so high. And God is there next to me telling me like, all right, we're going to fly to the top of this tower now. And I was like, okay. And we just start flying up and the same thing starts happening, you know, where I'm absorbing so much love as I'm flying. The turbulence is getting so extreme that I really thought I was going to die now because everything was shaking too much. And I braced myself for death. I was there. I was, something was going to break and. The, I got it within a whisker of everything breaking and dissolving. And then we stopped and we were at the top of the tower. And I don't know, to be honest, did the top of the tower come because I got to the end, you know, was that just a fluke or I don't know, that's, I'm not sure, but I was glad we got to the t top of that tower, basically just in the nick of time. Uh, so I got to the top and I was like, oh, checking myself. Yeah, I'm still alive. I'm still here. And that's, I think that was the first I sort of questioned a bit, like, where am I ex exactly right now? Like, everyone, like, I'm in a body, but no one else is around in a body. Around. They're like, is that an appropriate reaction for me? Like, do I have anything to fear about death and stuff? That was the first time that went through my head. But then like, I think it'd be ADD and I looked around and I was just like, oh, more stuff. I was just <laughs> looking around at everything. And, and then I walked to the edge of the and I'm, I'm just looking out at all the billions and trillions of stars in front of me. And then God says to me, oh, we're going to fly through this next. And I was like, okay, hold on. I, I nearly died coming up this tower. And now you want me to fly through. I'm dead for sure. 
there's no way I can survive that kind of flight. Uh, I know I'm going to die. And then God said, yes. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Yes. I thought he was going to calm me down and be like, no, nah, it's all good. You want like, no, he just said yes. Like it was no big deal. Now I've got to start doing some thinking because this stuff's not making sense in my head right now. And I thought about it and I was just like, okay, God clearly, he doesn't want me to die. I mean, if he did, he'd just snap his fingers. I'd be dead. But he's saying you will die. Like it's no big deal. All right. Well, I, I considered saying no and refusing, but that just felt like the wrong vibe in this place. Like in that, in that place, you just say, yes, go, go. You know, there's no friction there. So I just, well, I mean, I trust this, I trust God. So I trust God more than I trust myself right now, but all right, let's do it. And then, so I gathered myself and I just waited on the edge of the tower. And then I just found myself like, just being like gliding down that tower. Like I was in a plane, it was really like I was a paper plane and it was, I was just gliding off. It was really easy at the start and it was fine. And I was glad I'd said yes, because gliding down, it just felt nice. It just feels really nice. And, and then I started gliding past all the different stars again, the, all these souls and having a brief vibrational interaction with each one as I'm flying past them. And it's almost like every time you fly past, there's like in a vibration that they're just sort of reaching out saying, Hey, how you going? How are you? <laughs> it's just like this kind of thing that just happened. It was very automatic. It's very mechanical almost. Yeah, and I start gathering speed, you know, it's faster and faster and faster again, and I'm getting that turbulence again, but this, I'm, I'm not, I'm afraid of the turbulence, um, happens, happens. Yeah. And then the turbulence got so bad and I got past that breaking point. And when I got past that breaking point, I found myself that the skin on my face started to peel off, but it wasn't painful. It was very, felt very much like taking off a tight shoe. I kept going faster again and another layer would come off and another layer. And it were all layers of human identification that had remained with me in this place. So, you know, my skin, my bones, my muscles, all these different layers were all coming off by one by one. And each one that came off just felt like taking off another tight shoe. And it felt really nice. Like it felt like I was returning to me, the pure essence of who I am, which I'd completely lost touch with here on earth as a human. And the more layers came off, the more, well, the less fear I had within me, the more brave I felt, the more accepting, the more able I was to go with the flow. Till I got down to my final layer. And when I got down to my final layer, there was just complete peace, complete acceptance. I could no longer feel the turbulence of my flight. Even it was completely smooth. I thought, okay, but when this final layer dissolves, then I'm done and there's nothing left. I'll be dead after this. I accepted that, but it wasn't dissolving and it was completely unaffected by the flights. I thought, okay, well, this one's not dissolving. What happens now? And then when I thought that God stopped me from flying, he picked me up and he showed me what he was looking at from his point of view and what God was looking at. He was looking at. This little white light, it looked, it looked just like all the other stars around, but it was just pure white. God said to me, no matter what you've gone through or what you will go through, all of that will fade away. This is all that remains. This is who you really are. This is eternal. And then 
he rolled me out of his hand, like rolling a little marbles, just beautiful, just rolled out. And then when I rolled out of his hands, I joined in with all the other lights, a sea of lights. And I became one with them and I unified with them and we became like one being, a lot like a drop of water joining the ocean. It was exactly like that. We became one and when I became one with this sea of lights, it was like I'd become one with God. And when I say one with God, I mean, literally mean like a direct part of God, like same as your finger is a part of you, exactly like that. We breathed as one and it was like billions or trillions of us. Like it was extreme power in it, extreme, extreme power, but it wasn't a power that was like self-serving because the power was perfectly balanced with the love and I didn't know it was possible to feel peace on that level. You'll never find peace like that while you're on earth in the body. It's that's the one part of the experience that I, I still get tripped up on because of it, it felt like this is where my soul originated from. Like this was like a cosmic soup that our souls come out of and that we come here to experience body and, and being a human, being something else. But when I was there, I, I was very conscious of the fact that I was back home where I belong and what I've been looking for all my life is to be back here again. That's a hard part for me to deal with more than anything was no longer being in that cosmic soup. Cause yeah, I mean, when I was there, I felt like I was there for time stopped, time stopped happening there, you know, in that cosmic soup. That's where I felt it. I think time for me was still being printed in my human body before that. I was still experiencing things sequentially, but when I entered that cosmic soup, when I was completely stripped of all the humanity, there was no time. There was no desire. There was no more searching. There was no more wondering. There was no more questions. All desires, whether conscious or unconscious, were satisfied in that moment. And then I was taken out and completely forgotten about who I was before I entered the cosmic soup, or re-entered, I should say. And so God materialized an image of this human body back on earth in the state that I'd left it. And I was looking at that human body and I had to remember, I was like looking, seeing a picture of an orphan that you'd forget about. Like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. And I was like. I remember being that person. Yeah, I was on earth. Oh, you know, it's, all, it's all coming back to me now. And I knew, I don't know if I knew or told me it's all kind of the same thing. I just knew that I had to go back. And part of me was like, like the human part of me was like, oh no, I have to go back to being a human. But the soul part of me was honored, was like, you're choosing me like to go back and fulfill what's being asked. Like I'm honored. I was like, okay, but I started thinking like, the human again. I started because it's a completely different thought process. Two different characters completely. The soul and the, the human character are two different people basically. And I started thinking like the human and I thought, okay, the human's going to have questions about this experience. I can't go back there without asking these questions on behalf of him. And God said, okay. And I said, all right, how am I supposed to go from this experience with all the love and all the beauty of it and go back to being that guy? Like, that's a huge contrast. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. And then God said, it's okay. And when God said, it's okay, embedded within the vibration of that was, I do not judge you. 
I accept you completely. However you handle things when you get back, it's all good. I accept. You have nothing to fear. And I thought, but when I go back there, I'm going to want to tell everyone about this place. And they're not going to believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. So I, I started naming some people and I said, can you give them some of this love that I'm experiencing right now? Because if you give them this love, then, then they'll believe me when I tell them about this place. So can you do that? God said, well, that's what you're there for. I said, what? Me? How am I supposed to give them all this love? This love is too much. I couldn't possibly give them all this love. And God said, you could ask me for help. You can ask for help to become an outlet for this love. And I thought, oh, an outlet. Like, that's a very interesting way to put it. And I thought about it and I realized how much I'd been going about my life the wrong way because in my life, whenever I did try to do good, I was trying to do good from a place of ego and it's very limited. But I just, I realized in that moment, I just had to get out the way and I could just invite this energy to just roll through me towards others. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much easier, more effective. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. But when I get back to earth, like things are so much slower and more confusing and more dense and there's all this mind chatter and you get led astray and God, I really don't want to lose touch with you again. And then God said, I am you. I was like, God, like, what do you mean you are me? How can you say you are me? You're too powerful to be me. It just like everything felt like it stood still for a moment. I was looking out and out of the center of my forehead, there was this giant golden eye that shot out. And this eye is looking back at me but it's coming out of me and staring back at me. So I'm like, right, what do I do with this? Is this my eye looking at me or is this God's eye looking at me through me? I don't understand this. Then God said, I am viewing your life through you as you. You and I are one. And then he sent me back. That's an amazing story. So I have a question about back to the beginning when you first went from the void to when God or source, whatever we like to call it, was showing you that the stars and the, let's call it the cosmic artwork. Why do you think that you were being shown that? It was almost like it was just being playful, right? There wasn't any other purpose other than this is awesome. Take a look. Why do you think that was? Yeah. Like why does, why do children play and I don't know, create drawings in the sand, the beach, stuff like that. It's just. Just because, like, why, why does an artist create art? Well, just because like, there isn't any, they don't, they don't deal with all this um, mind chatter and being overly serious and analyzing every little thing to death. And we're going to do this because of this. And like, they just do it just because it feels good. And God is, is putting on a show for me. Like, well, why do you play with your kids, Rod? When you when your kids are, are, are very young and. You can play peekaboo with them and they laugh. And because they laugh, you laugh. Mm. And when they're enjoying it, you're enjoying it too, right? It's exactly that kind of thing. Exact same thing. When you came back to your 
body. Was that a difficult transition? Other people have talked about this experience of having to almost be squashed back in after being expanded. Did you have a similar experience? It's, it's very vague to me, the experience of going back. Um, I, I think of it a bit like, um, a bit like squeezing out toothpaste, but in reverse, if you're squeezing <laughs> in the toothpaste, like it just, it was very, it felt very quick to me, but very forced as well. And it's more the next few days that I remember more clearly because I think because I don't really, I honestly don't remember exactly what happened in the hours between when I had my experience and between waking up in the morning. Mm. That's very vague to me. I don't even know if I woke up at night and then went to sleep again, or if I just, I, I can't remember next, next few days, which is very much like, I felt claustrophobic in my body. I felt like I was in a flesh prison. I felt like I had all this energy around me that still hadn't come in yet. It was very, very much like, I was like, I had like a giant, like cloud around me of soul energy that it had yet to enter the body again. Yeah. And things looked different, you know, in the, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but if you, you took, um, imagine, uh, I don't know, characters in a video game and you took them out of the video game into this reality, and then you put them back in the video game, you like, they'd be like this. Now I know it's a video game. I felt like that. Did you have any supernormal abilities or senses? I've had a lot of other guests say that there are, some have become very empathic. Others see things that they don't normally see. Have you had anything like that occur since your NDA? Yeah. The, the empathic stuff is off the charts now. Um, right. when, when somebody's having a hard time, I'm having a hard time. It's, um, which can be. There's, how can I put it? Imagine somebody could call your phone and have, and they could get the line open without you having to answer it. That's, there's something like that happening with me now. So if I could call, if anyone could call your phone, Rod, and then the, the line picks up and you're forced to speak to them, it's like the phone's just there straight away. And that's happening to me now. And I don't know when the phone's going to ring and I don't know when, so I don't, but every now and then just something just ends it's just like okay someone's talking to me and that's weird too because there's not much privacy with that um are like you know, super normal paranormal whatever um abilities but i think the the greatest thing has been uh, my ability to just look within and not be fooled by all the illusions that i used to be fooled by before it was kind of like chasing my tail and looking around going like oh uh, like chase this dream and chase that anymore. Hopefully this, this will make me happy. This, uh, I'll be happy when I, that, you know, I was doing, and now that whole game has stopped and there's not, there's no amount of money and no amount of women, no amount of cars that can really make me happy. There's nothing external that can make me happy. My, my satisfaction and my happiness can only come from within. Um, um, and so it, the game of life has been very much simplified for me since then. Not that I achieve it all the time. I still mess up. I still do a lot of stupid things that I'm not proud of. Um, but, but I understand the, this game of life a lot more simply, whether or not I can play the game well is another thing, but yeah, I understand a lot more. And was it difficult after you returned? Obviously you've changed a lot of things with your life as far as with substances and whatnot. Was that difficult? Did you go through a pretty tough physical period after you came back? It was weird. It was when I got back, I, I didn't know how to behave. When I first got back, I was very confused and I just went to what I was doing before, which was smoking a lot and 
I put away the alcohol for a little bit and then I put away the smoking and I got clean and sober for a few months. And then it was like all the residual bliss of that experience had gone away and I was back to just being a regular human again with this, this very different worldview. <laughs> that, that was when I started to panic and struggle. And, um, and then I got back into the drugs and alcohol again, and I was using more than ever because now I had an anguish within me and a pain within me that was, was too much to bear. It was unbearable. I was struggling before, but now I was struggling even more because I'd experienced the heights of ecstasy and the heights of bliss. And now I was here and that, 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 that was hard. And as time went on, I started to really reach out to God and ask for help. Those prayers were always answered, but it's not like you just wake up one day without any cravings. No, it's just one little thing leads to this little thing. And it's when you look back after a few months, you realize how all the pieces of the puzzle fit into place. But I really had to reach out and ask for help. And I had to know I was done with it to know I was done with running away. And to know I was done with escapism and to face my shadow, to face all my inner demons and to just be like, all right, just do what we need to do. Because I realized that all this running away was blocking God's presence within my life. And all this trying to avoid pain was only inviting more pain. And it was this tough struggle. I don't think that the struggle is over even now because now we have all this cheap dopamine all around us all the time. We can all play video games or just scroll through social media or do all these things that I really think cheap dopamine is one of the worst things that's ever happened to us. And I've only realized this lately that even now I can spend so much time just doing these things still, and it may not be a substance, but it more or less is a substance. What's the difference really on a chemical level in terms of what it's actually doing to the brain? Mm. The challenge is not over with that. I have to live with this now. Before I was like, oh, it's easy if it's just substances, because that's just only a handful of things I got to get rid of and the body will adjust. But I wasn't ready for just how much the world throws at you to try to distract you from your purpose. And so that's something that I constantly need to pay attention to. So you mentioned your purpose then. So how do you feel like you're, did you feel like you had a purpose in life before you mentioned chasing things and what do you feel is your purpose for your life now? It depends on the angle you look at it from. So some people like can say, oh, my purpose is say my career or my kids or my this. You can have your personal purpose, but there is an over overriding purpose. There is a, a bigger purpose above, which you may or may not necessarily know what that is. I wouldn't say I know what that is. I, I get, I get the gist of it. I get some parts of it like, yeah, okay, I'm supposed to get in touch with my pure and free consciousness, which is within me, which I've been blocked from all these years and to revive that and to let that run free. And when that runs free, that's going to bring about my purpose. But I'm also very aware that there are so many different ways that life can go. It's not a script that's already been written. It's a bit like when you were young, you probably read those choose your own adventure books where, you know, if you want the character to do this, go to this page. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this as well. My purpose is just to be here. All right. It doesn't matter what I choose. I'm the type of guy, I change my mind all the time. I did before my NDE. I still do after my NDE. But I know that when I die, I'm going to look back and I'm going to know that this all passed in the blink of an eye 
and that everything happened as it should. And it wasn't all up to me. Some of it was, some of it wasn't. I had some free will. I had some moments where I didn't have any free will and fate had to take its course. And at the end of the day, my purpose is just to be here to witness it all. And I feel like when you can get into that place where you are just a pure witness, then you can do some things that are amazing. But if you try to do amazing things without that pure witness, then things aren't really so amazing. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to ask you, it's common for people to have a kind of a life review during an NDE. Did you have anything like that? You didn't mention it. So I assume that, that wasn't part of your experience. I know I didn't have a life review, not in the traditional way that most people have. I think about half people who have an NDE have a life review, something like that. I can't remember what the statistic is on that, but I very much had an idea of what the, what my life was serving at the time in terms of like everything that happens in my life was encapsulated almost like a little pill. And it was a pill that I was carrying with me and it was had all the vibrations and all my experiences and all my knowledge and everything I learned like that carried with me and it was there to serve the greater purpose. It was a lot like, imagine like an encyclopedia and encyclopedia has got all these different categories in it. Like my life was one of the many categories in this encyclopedia that I was adding to, to everyone else's. But I didn't experience like the life review in terms of knowing what my actions effect was on other people from their perspective. I didn't experience that. Yeah. yeah. And have you had any out of the ordinary experiences like one-offs since your NDA? Yeah. Just a lot of those, I call them phone calls. A lot of those phone calls that drop in and tell me to do certain things. So those phone calls, or, they're not there. Initially, I thought they were from like people that you know, but do you feel like they're not from people that are here on earth? They're in another realm right yeah it could be both yeah there's sometimes the phone just rings it doesn't even ring it's just the line's already answered <laughs> the person just starts talking he's like hey get out of my head like who are you <laughs> that's weird you know that, that's weird i got a lot more respect for psychic mediums than that now because i know they're real at least some of them and how they can go about just pretending to be normal <laughs> it's amazing because it's really trippy when it happens. So I remember one time I was talking to this girl, as I was talking to her, I kept hearing this voice in my head and this voice kept saying, Olga, and it just kept repeating this name, Olga. And I was like, man, what the heck is going on in my head right now? Because I still have that thing where I'm not always sure if it's me or if it's something from the other side. And when I heard this and it wouldn't go away, no matter how much I tried to keep like shooing away a, a fly and it just wouldn't, it wasn't working. So I said, all right, fine. I'll just interrupt this girl. I was like, Hey, do you know anyone named Olga? And then she thought about, she's like, oh, I had a grandma named Olga. And I was like, is your grandma dead or alive? She said, no, she's dead. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna, this lady's dead grandma in my head right now. <laughs> it's weird. And cause this girl was very like scientific and that sort of thing. And I was just like, all right, your dead grandma keeps talking to me in my head. And <laughs> she just started laughing. I don't know, just a lot of stuff like that. Did she have a message? Was grandma no, trying to yeah, deliver a message? She just wanted to say she was there. She just wanted to say she was there. I'm okay. Like, that's it. Yeah. And I wish she'd give me something. Like, tell me some secret about your granddaughter that I could be like, hey, so I can prove it without a doubt. But uh, that girl, she, she seemed to actually, she didn't say much. She didn't outright say, I don't believe you. I don't know. It's just, I wish it could be different from my perspective, just to make it a bit easier for me. I'd be like, Hey, 
your grandma says this, that about this situation. And then she'd be like, all right, without a doubt now, I know you for sure. You're telling me the truth, but things are just different on that side. They're just different. I mean, like there's, they don't have that, that analytical, I got to prove things to you. It's just, Hey, I just want to say I'm here with you. I'm just here. We're just vibing. I'm good with that. I guess it'd be a bit like you rather than you hang out with your kids. You don't say, I have to sit down with you for this, that. You don't just want to sit down next to you because you're my kid and I love you. That's it. Yeah. Although sometimes it's both. Sometimes you feel obligated <laughs> to sit down. Other times like, yeah, let's just hang out. Yeah. So may maybe you've had this channel that's opened right now. So maybe it's just practice. I know I've had an, one of my other guests, Nikki Allen, who's like a psychic who has been since she was a child and she's my age now, like 50 something. And she does obtain some sort of proof, which is really for the person who you're delivering the message to, but that's something that she's developed over a decade. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how now that channel's open and maybe you'll just get better at interpreting the messages. Yeah. It's, I've thought about doing that, although I'll be honest, part of me is like scared to go down that rabbit hole because yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so much, there's a lot of crap that these people take. If you, as soon as you say something like, oh, I'm a psychic, I'm an astrologer, you're going to get, you're going to cop it from a lot of people. And like, I'm all good with that in one sense, but it's definitely a rabbit hole you'd have to go down and to be dealing with all that stuff full time. And I know that one thing that a lot of these people deal with is not being able to take a rest because it's just constant. Mm. And I think I have to learn that because I'm dealing with that already with people, just like too many emails, too many things happening. I've got to try to preserve some space for myself. Yeah. So. I have a lot of things to learn, not just with like psychic and mediumship stuff, but just being in this space as it is right now and all the people who need help. There's no shortage of people who need help. Mm. It's not the way I used to work was, oh, I have this much work to do. I'll get it all done now. But now this work is nonstop and it doesn't run out. Now I have to learn how to go about things a little bit differently. But things will play out as they should, whether I'm supposed to be doing psychic stuff or this or that, like. I know things will play out in the right time and I'm still very new to this. My experience only happened a little less than two years mm. ago. So I still have so much to integrate, so much to learn. Yeah, it's, everything's happening in, in its right time. And Jacob, there's people are going to have questions uh, and some may want to get in touch with you. Is that something that you'd be open to? Yeah. If you just reach out on the YouTube channel, if you just type in Jacob King, you should see my channel there and you just leave a comment. I respond to most comments and who knows if your comment is, uh, might end up becoming one of my next videos. So yeah, just reach out on Jacob King YouTube channel and uh, yeah, look forward to speaking to you guys. All right. I'll put a link to your channel in the video description. And do you have any final messages for anybody who's going to be watching this? Anything you'd like to leave us with? Yeah. I want to say to people that things are happening in a way that goes beyond our comprehension, beyond our understanding that a lot of the time we want our life to go a certain way and things to play out a certain way, but that doesn't serve the bigger purpose and accept yourself where you're at right now, accept that you'll have your highs, you'll have your lows, you'll have your inner angels and you have your inner demons. It's an amazing story we're all experiencing here, although it doesn't always feel amazing in the moment, but Trust the process. Things will all make sense eventually, but just accept yourself with where you're at right now and don't try to compare yourself to others. Everything's happening as it should. 
have faith in the greater plan. That's it. Jacob, thanks for that message. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sure all of the viewers do as well. I appreciate you taking the time and looking forward to having another chat with you at some point in the future. Yeah, thanks, Rod. Appreciate it, mate.